The moon is right. Spirits up. All right. We're here tonight. Oh, that's enough. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Grown Up Christian. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. We both went for the start. It's fine. <laughs> Dude, it's been forever since, uh, or it feels like it's been a long time since we've gotten to actually record something. So I know. Every time we, uh, every time we have like a little, even a one little break, because we had, you did an intro with Jesse um, not too long ago. And then, Sometimes we'll do our intros to solo episodes a little far in advance um, or we'll do our solo episodes a little far in advance. And then I did Andrew Schwab's intro by myself, which turned out. Ah, sorry. <laughs> my light's falling down. Hold on. My lighting's all fucked up now. Apologies to the listeners. Uh He's like yeah, sitting I, uh, directly under the hot lamp like a bearded dragon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like a fucking lizard right now. It still sucks. <laughs> All right, we're back at it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was, dude, I hadn't done a solo intro or anything like that. And last time I did one, it was like, boom, boom, real quick, like cut to the chase. Um, but I tried to go, uh, there's a couple of things that I was like, well, I'll see what happens if I talk about it. I think I went about 20 minutes, which felt narcissistic. Uh, I don't think I've monologued that long at, at any point in my entire life. It kind of reminds me of, you know what it reminded me of? God damn, this is kind of embarrassing. So when, did you remember Teen, was it Teen Quest? Is that what it was called at Liberty when we were there? Teen uh, Quest? Why do I want to call it Teen Quest? It can't be Teen Quest. That's too stupid. Youth Quest. Youth Quest, Teen okay. Quest. It's like teen you're just like a like pervert, some sort of sex offender. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're like a pervert youth pastor who's just conquesting through youth groups. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, no, Youth Quest uh, was a. It was kind of like in the vein of like shitty Christian improv. It, honestly, there were people on it who were really funny. Youth Quest came to my youth pastor graduated from liberty so youth quest came to my church and as a kid i was like oh this shit's cool it's just like a ministry team they go to youth groups they do like whose line is it anyway type improv and you know you think it's funny and, and cool at the time but i i wanted to do that when i got to liberty and i actually tried out for it um and they were like prompts like it was like okay here's your topic monologue on this and then it was like you just kind of go back and forth with somebody else. And some of them were just like straight monologues where you had to like go for several minutes on a topic. Um, and it, were they, they were recording these and then posting them somewhere or no, no, this they weren't. Tryout? This was like, yeah, it was tryouts. So it was like in one of the, oh. one of the, I don't know. I, wherever they did the tryouts, one of the, the classrooms there, I, yeah, I was like, so I, I just, remember that awkward feeling of just like speaking out loosely on a topic and surprisingly that's where my memory and mind brought me back to after recording last week was like 
I remember monologuing uh, back when I tried out for Youth Quest, and I am so glad I did not make it. Uh, that would have sucked. Now I did have friends that were on it, and that's fine. Like it was a, honestly, when you're in that bubble, it was a pretty cool thing. And you traveled almost every weekend. You would just go to different places across the country, and uh, it 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 probably would have been cool if I had made it. But you were gone almost every single weekend. And sometimes like you would be gone for long weekends and you still had to get all your homework done. Like, it, you know what you like, probably would have made it on is if you would have done that like master's commission interpretive dance thing. Yeah, that would have been helpful if I could have been able to pull that one out of my back pocket. I want to say I'm trying to remember what the prompt I had was to monologue on. I want to say it had to do with a kid who's struggling because their parents just got divorced or something, something like that. And I just feel like now just go and go. And you're like, Oh, okay, here we go. And actually it's a heavy topic that yeah, you knew nothing about. I'll be honest though, whatever the topic was, I could, I could be wrong on what it was, but it was something in that vein of a teenager struggling through a circumstance that they're subjected to, not necessarily something they brought upon themselves. Granted, maybe they brought it on themselves. Some kids suck so bad, their parents get divorced. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's but, a storyline that doesn't play out on Disney Channel movies very often, but it's definitely I have to tell kids all life. the time, hey, it's not your fault. Yeah, I got to tell kids all the time it's not their fault. <laughs> even, no, no. Even both, when you know it is. Yeah, both your parents love you. It's not your fault. You're only six. <laughs> Turns out six-year-olds can suck pretty bad. <laughs> it, you literally leave the love of your life just to get away from your awful kid. Yeah, you just like emancipate your family. Just, I guess that's what the kid would do. It's not real emancipation. You just disappear. You're like, uh, by the way, I have actually I have a secret family, and I'm I'm moving in with that family. <laughs> Dude, I don't. I feel like my voice it still sounds fucked up from the other week. I got better. Uh, and then l last night, yesterday I woke up feeling shitty, which suck. All right. No, sa uh, today's Sunday. Yeah. Saturday I woke up feeling shitty. It, it started coming on Friday night and, uh, I was going to go to a show on Friday cause, uh, Belmont, uh, was playing in my area. Big, really enjoyed their newest album. Really wanted to go to this, show but they're co-headlining with can't swim and can't swim used to be good and they turned into one of the worst bands of all time on their newest album it's it's like laughably bad it's so shitty it's hard to believe people who have put out a few full-length albums and have matured musically decided to put out what they just put out it's awful this might be ruining i don't think anyone in can't swim grew up christian but probably won't bother reaching out to them at this point. Um, uh, and it's a co-headline tour. I didn't know any of the openers and I was going to go with my buddy, Jesse, but he had been traveling all week. So he bounced, he backed out and I'm like, I don't want to go by myself to go to a show, like to see one band that's not going to play till 10 o'clock only to like on at the same time, I'm not feeling well. And Saturday morning I was waking up. I had to, take my m tells that's like a massachusetts test for uh, that you have to pass in order to get your licensure to teach in a school um i'm not technically a teacher but 
kind of, and I'm under a teacher contract. So uh, I do have to pass the reading and comprehension MTELs. And uh, it's, it's just like a, a fourth... breathalyzer. Dude, <laughs> that would make more sense. I, honestly, a drug <laughs> test would make more sense than this test. Uh, so it's a four and a half hour exam. And I woke up Saturday morning feeling shitty, which wasn't great. That's not the kind of, you don't want to walk into that already not feeling well. Woke up with a splitting headache, just like downed a bunch of Dayquil and was trying to like get myself amped to go. I'm glad I didn't. So I'm really glad I didn't go out Friday night because it's like, it's worth staying in just to get a good night's rest uh, before you take a big exam like that. Right. You don't want to be out late drinking, get home, feel like shit the next morning. So I take this, God, I, it was, I swear to God, it was like, it had to have been 82 degrees in that room. It was the hottest room I've oh. ever been in to take a test. I was actively uncomfortable the whole time. And you read a lot. It's a lot. Again, it's reading and comprehension. So you're literally like reading paragraphs uh, and then answering questions on those paragraphs. And then it's like, read a paragraph and each sentence is numbered. And then they ask you a bunch of questions like which sentence has a spelling error, which sentence, which, what would make more set? What would make the paragraph make more sense? And it would be like flip flop uh, sentence three and four, put sentence five in front of sentence one. And it was just, it's all stuff like that. And then it ends with um, there's two errors in this sentence, retype the sentence correctly. And then you have a, you have to read a, several paragraphs and do a hundred and fifty hundred to 150 word summary of the, the paragraphs and the, the article, whatever you read. And then, then they give you two prompts, which is like, a the one I had was a paragraph on why elementary school students should be allowed to use calculators. And then there was a, a right below it, a paragraph on why elementary school students should not be allowed to use calculators and you have to write three to six hundred words uh making an argument for one of those this sounds and, awful no it was fucking and terrible all of this to make sure that you can properly like assess a fifth grader's book report when he reads like jake paul's autobiography dude it's so it's so dumb like i have a i have a 4.0 in my master's program and this this is essentially dependent. I, I, my pass or fail is pretty dependent on whether on just me not having access to spell check, and that pisses me off because I'm I suck at spelling and they don't I you do don't you, you don't use spell check so it's like I mistype things by accident and rereading your own work <laughs> is really you know <laughs> I'll vouch for that. That's a constant. <laughs> Constant you need like a badly those cereal it. box like decoder rings to read some yeah. of Sam's sentences. <laughs> I, I, I never know exactly what you're saying, I, I but I do get the spirit of what you're trying to say most and, of the time. And that's all that matters to me. And I've given up on even trying at this point. But I spell stuff incorrectly a lot. And when I go back, I'll reread it and then hit me like, that looks right. And then I hit send and you guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So I don't catch my own mistakes. Well, I know one of the strategies to do that is you read your work backwards. So I do. I wrote this out. I reread it forwards about five or six times just to make sure I had it right. Just content wise. And then I read it backwards going word by word until I got to the beginning again. And it's like, 
but um, some of the some of the ones where you read like the paragraphs or the sentences it's like uh you read a paragraph and all the sentences are numbered it's like which sentence has a spelling error and i read like five it's like it's it's multiple choice of four and i'm like i go i read the four sentences and i'm like i have no fucking clue why because this doesn't matter this actually (laughs) does not matter at all in a world in the world we live in where you can just google it you can google it who gives a fuck like one of the ones i got stuck on was like which sentence has uh is missing a capital letter and it was i was looking back and forth and you get in your own head about it too when you're looking at multiple choice shit you get in your own head so much that you you forget things you definitely know for certain and it was like one sentence had had like queen so and so and queen wasn't capitalized and i'm like do you capitalize queen when it comes before a name that's something i knew as soon as i left the building i go yes you absolutely capitalize queen as soon as i left the building i fucking knew the answer to that but then there was another one that was like a quote began and the quote didn't have a capital letter and i'm like do do you start all quotes with capitals and I'm just like really in my head about it. I ended up Google. I, I knew I went back. I did pick the right answer, but I had selected the wrong one. Originally, I went back, picked the right one. As soon as I left, I Googled it. And I know I I know I picked the right thing, but I'm like, you know, you just get so much in your own head about it that you forget what you actually know. And you feel like you're constantly being tricked. My spelling sucks. And I rely heavily on spell check and it it works. Like, I mean, I have, you don't have, you just don't need to know that. And spelling is kind of just a dumb thing anyway. Right. Like I get, the, <laughs> I get the concept of like the rules and syntax and just shit like because that. Cause you're, you're, you're living somewhat efficiently without it. Doesn't mean that uh, it's totally useless. It's unless you're like in marketing and your job is to just edit shit. It's pretty useless. And I can tell you it's useless. Uh, at least for me, because it's had zero impact on my life, not knowing how to do it good. Because we have we have the technology to fix it. I don't need to. I just don't need to. I got red squiggly lines that do that for me now. Why am I going to waste my time learning all the grammar rules so I can pass an outdated exam? We'll see. I, I won't find out for several weeks if I pass it, but. Like words, words are really just like idea. Every it's just like they're all constructs to communicate ideas. Like if you know what I'm saying, academically I get it that it matters, but it doesn't matter if I if without spell check I occasionally misspell something that shouldn't disqualify me from like being a school counselor because it I'm not grading papers. I'm not really writing much of anything for work i don't know it's a very goofy test to for my role to say like they just want they just want to be like well you have to take a standardized test to be able to do any to do it we can't just like let you work in a school like, like how need, crazy is needless this, rigmarole i mean cops don't have to take these dumb tests you, th- you feel it's more important that cops know how to spell i mean i feel like it's important to know that cops aren't like bottom of the barrel dumb and so far they're not like they're not changing my mind that that's like 
entry level acceptability is bottom of the barrel. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you made it through. Yeah. You've had an interesting week. You've been traveling a lot. You stayed in the shit ass hotel that I want to hear about. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I had a work thing in Las Vegas this week. And so we decided to fly out a little early. And so we flew from Wichita to Fresno and rented a car and spent the first couple of days like in California, just hitting national parks and stuff. We went to Sequoia National Park where I saw big trees and horrible children. (laughs) Dude, like, so as a general rule, like national parks just keep getting more and more full of people. It seems like, like we got into them at the wrong time. Yeah, and like those ones are close to major cities, so they're pretty busy, even when it's like off season or whatever. So we go to Sequoia National Park. And anyway, like as a general rule, anywhere in a national park that you can drive and park next to is going to suck. It probably is amazing, like whatever's there that that the the main attraction, but like it's gonna be significantly degraded because of how many mouth breathers are like they're looking at it with you. And maybe I'm in that group. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so we get to this. There's a couple of different stops that are along the way that you can stop and look at. We we kind of like got off the trail and hiked around in the back woods, um, you know, just looking at some of the big like unnamed sequoia trees. They're, they're huge, unbelievably huge. Yeah. Like. I thought I didn't really know what the difference was between sequoias and redwoods was, but like uh, sequoias are like much bigger, much bulkier. So they're a lot like wider in the trunk and stuff. And the, and the redwoods are really taller. I thought redwoods were like the biggest. I didn't realize sequoias for sure. Okay. There's apparently one like somewhere out there. That's like 300 plus feet. I think that's wild. I feel like um, when it comes to the height of the tree, like all trees just end up being tall. And when you're dealing with like 200 versus 300 feet, you're just looking up and seeing a massive tree and there's a canopy. So you're like, it's a little bit harder to necessarily gauge, but I feel like that's what would be the most impressive. Cause I remember seeing like pictures of like, uh, it was like a road carved through, like you would drive under the uh, a redwood with the bottom of it yeah, carved out or something like, shit like that. Like a tunnel cut through the tree. Yeah, and that's sick. But so I, I always had this impression that redwoods were just the biggest all around. But so I didn't realize that Sequoia's uh, dominated redwoods on the girth game. Yeah, they are girthy boys. Girthy so boys. The biggest one there is called uh, General Sherman. <laughs> and that's definitely <laughs> someone named their cock General Sherman. <laughs> It's got to be right. <laughs> the, so you drive up and you're, you're headed in that direction. You get up there and there's like a multi multi level parking lot kind of stretched across the hill. So you, instantly you're like, oh, great. So we start walking in and it's swarmed. I mean, there's so many people there and it's not even like peak season, you know, but tons of kids running around and they're just screaming, screaming at each other, screaming, screaming. So you got to hike down this area, which is just like a big long pathway that goes way downhill to the tree. And it, it's, it, I mean, it's unbelievably big. 
It's 36 and a half feet in diameter. This tree is it's a hundred. It's like 110 feet in circumference around the outside of it. <laughs> That's and incredible. 275 feet tall or something like that. It's, it's a huge tree. Like the how biggest branches, you know, is there anything that told you about how old they are before they get that big? Yeah, I can't remember what the what the age was, but they're hundreds of years old. I mean, yeah. they're they're very old. Um, and then you can go up like if you go up into the real high elevations, there's these things called bristlecone pines, which look like just a really scrubby, terrible pine tree that's all knotted and gnarled. And those ones are like some of the oldest living things on the planet. Really? How yeah, big are the pine of, cones? Did, did you find pine cones? The sequoia ones are not very big. Really? They're smaller than like pine cones that you see around there, I bet. No way. It's kind of strange. I think it's yeah. like they, it's like a, a mass game where they just like throw a billion pine cones at the ground and then and they have to have heat in order to open. So like they they open after a forest fire, which is insane that like they last. It's it's cool because they last that long. They live basically forever, but they barely repopulate. So they have to live forever in order to like outlast their repopulation game, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Because anything that falls, you know, any seed that comes out of one of those cones has to find a spot with sunlight. They're like which that is really restricted. That finds, uh, that woman. They're like that 70-year-old man that finds that woman in their 20s and they just like pump them full of babies, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, they find their own little Anna Nicole Smith like, and she replaces their heart time. medication with Red Hots. <laughs> just in time, right at the very end of their life, they like blast out about five babies that will grow up without a father. It's a beautiful evolutionary process <laughs> i'll tell you what these old celebrities that are still having kids at like 70 something yeah it's fucked like, up it's disgusting stop it's... it nobody wants your lumpy headed tadpoles swimming around <laughs> it's funny need your polywogs this... out here bro and honestly <laughs> and they just fucking like their kids just get famous for being famous people's kids and i'm tired of that bullshit like I just saw like some article on Facebook about, I don't know, I guess uh, Jay, one of Jay-Z and Beyonce's kids performed with Beyonce recently. And you're like, that kid doesn't have to be good at anything. They just get, they just born into the right fuck. I guess that's how life's always been, but it's just annoying with a list in the limelight <laughs> celebrities. Just be born to a rich CEO and get your bag the way most worthless white children do. And I just think it's annoying, like thinking of all these celebrities who have had kids and they name their kids weird shit. And they're just like, now they're famous because, and they act now they act. They're good at acting. Yeah. I guess. Young like, Robitussum yeah. is going to film school. <laughs> yeah. It's pathetic. <laughs> like, it's great. So dumb. <laughs> great. His script's getting read for sure. <laughs> so we did the Sequoia thing. Spent the whole time, like wishing this 10 foot branch would like fall off and just smash like <laughs> eight families that awesome homeschooled family with 12 children running around oh dude they are out of control dude like i, I don't, I don't dislike marks i don't know if that's what was there or what i mean there was there was some of those there for sure but like the ones that bother me are like the kid that's like obviously just purposely throwing a fit like they can't even there it's so contrived like the fit that they're throwing that they can't muster tears or a good cry sound oh yeah so like 
there's this little girl freaking out and then she would like take a break for like five to ten seconds and then be like ah! <laughs> <Just> <laughs> scream <laughs> and it's like her parents are like begging her to stop and oh yeah. terrible. that's the worst when you watch parents just like bow to the whims of their children when they're like begging just stop okay oh look you could have a treat later okay. what, what, what do you need do you, what, what, do, you, do you want juice oh you want juice God. you want crackers you want crackers i oh we, we can we can get you a burger we can get you a burger later let's, let's walk up the hill ah! just terrible yeah these these parents fail at like basic behaviorism they just don't get it. They're like, I don't understand why this kid's like this. Every time they don't get what they want, they scream and cry until I give it to them, which I always do. And then they do it again later, even though they got what they wanted. It's shocking that my kids. Yeah, are you off. don't you don't negotiate with terrorists. You just kill seven thousand civilians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching that work out super well right now exactly. in real time. So we did that. The next day, we like went to uh, just went kind of off grid to like this lake up in the hills which was really cool big stream running into it so we hiked around this lake which was awesome kind of prairie hills area lots of flowers and stuff and then did you allow any of the fish in that lake to eat your semen i did not no um it wasn't the most romantic atmosphere because the children so many people had taken dumps on the like on the stream are you for real like human oh, yeah, dude, shit everywhere, everywhere you went, there was like piles of dirty toilet paper. Like people were fishing down there and then just took a dump in the rocks and threw toilet paper on the ground. <laughs> it's insane. So awful. But so then we went out of there and we drove through. Uh, so I had booked us a place in Death Valley, which you know how that hurricane came through California, like in August. It was like a big story, and then it kind of went. It kind of went by. Nobody talked about it anymore. Right. But other people yeah, died like, some other place, and we forgot all about it. Yep. Yeah, and it's hard to keep track. The vicious cycle of the news. <laughs> oh no, you got rain in the most like forest <laughs> fire prone area. That's that's terrible. Seven thousand <laughs> people are dead over here. No, but uh, so when that hurricane came through, it dumped a ton of rain in the surrounding hills and like death valleys it's a valley right so there's this huge lake at the bottom um well okay that's not correct normally there's not a huge lake there it's extremely dry it's like the most barren lifeless place i've ever been it's unbelievable how remote it it is like deserty where it's just like it, it looks like a desert there's barely plants like okay. it's just scorched rocks and dirt and the the but the floodplain for this area or the drainage area that that drains down into this area called Badwater Basin that's at the bottom of Death Valley it's like 280 some feet below sea level right no oh, wow. it's 9000 square miles that drain into that basin it's like the size of New Hampshire any rain that falls in that area eventually ends up in the bottom of Badwater Basin and so all this rain falls and uh they had like torrential flooding it wiped out like all the roads like almost all the roads were closed so we get down in there and there's dude there's no signal for a long time i mean it is way out in the middle of nowhere there's nothing around like i said there's barely any plants no wildlife it's a weird place it's like going to mars and we so there's a town midway through down in the bottom 
that uh, I can't remember what it is, Furnace Creek. So we take off down through there. We drove for like four hours through nothing to get to Furnace Creek. And there is nothing around, right? It, like the nearest place is like 70 miles in any direction. So what's there is what you got. There's nothing else. So we get to this place and I had booked us a hotel room there. Well, I get to the front desk and the lady's like, okay, well, yeah, um, these are the two areas that are open in the park right now. And I'm like, what, why is that? She's like, well, we had all this flooding, like the main highway that we drove in on opened like four days before we, we came. I had no idea. Wow. But, uh, so this this place was not cheap, but it looked really cool online, right? It's kind of like this old 50s, 40s uh, vacation resort area. They have a golf course and stuff, big restaurant and things. I mean, it looked a really cool. Course? In the area you've just described as a desert, they have a golf course? Yeah. The entire golf course is just one big sand trap. <laughs> Oh no, it must be. I mean, there's like, there's no way there's an abundance of grass anywhere down there. <laughs> it's, all, it's like that mini golf turf shit. <laughs> <laughs> Snowflakes. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, but the place looked really cool. So before we check in, we're starving and it's getting late. So like, we're like, okay, well, there's a restaurant. Let's go to the restaurant and we'll have some dinner, right? It's the only thing around. There's nowhere else. So we get into this restaurant and it's just like a little country bar and grill type thing. Um, yeah, you sent me, you texted me a picture of the menu for this place and Jesus Christ. It's so expensive. <laughs> it's like nothing. It's like going to like, it's like going to like an off brand Longhorn, you know, and I, I just, I got a picture of the menu here. So like, uh, Chips and salsa is ten bucks. Uh, chicken wings, one pound is twenty six dollars. <laughs> Half chicken mole, forty three dollars. Salmon, fifty six dollars. So we sit down to eat dinner, and I'm like, "Oh my god, like this is crazy!" So we we just split some stuff, and uh, we leave the restaurant. I'm like, "Geez, this place must be more upscale than I thought it was. Like that's pretty nuts that they charge that much for things." So we go get checked in and stuff. The the like main clubhouse thing where you check in is really pretty log cabin. It's obviously been redone like very recently. She's like, okay, well you're back in uh, in Which this were area. Some of the pictures you must have seen online, right? Like the front area that's yeah. recently redone. We're like, that looks cool. Well, and they had like the the hotel is split into two. There's like two spots, so one's across the road. What I thought I had reserved was these little villas, which is like okay. a little mini house with they like have, a half kitchen and a separate bedroom and stuff. It's like the section for the poors and then the section for the regulars on the other side of the road. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like and the lot lizard section where like they just prostitutes take rich businessmen into those sites. And then like the families who have means go to the other side of the road. I get it. Right. The kind of place that I like to stay. Right. I thought I had got, I, I, it was like a little pricey for what I wanted, for what we were going to, because, you know, I was like, well, we're not going to spend any time at the hotel, but, you know, it's close. It's right there. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, 200 bucks a night. Like, oh, that's fine. I'll do that. 
So they give us our keys and she writes on the map where we're supposed to go and stuff. We get back in there and it's a map. (laughs) It's a college dorm. Like it's a, it's a college dorm from like the forties and (laughs) it's, it's dark. Like everything's like designated dark sky, you know? So like, there's not a lot of light pollution so you can see the stars and stuff, which is cool. Right. But it's first off, it's hard to find. Second off, we get back to the dorm and uh, right sitting out front, there's two big grody looking plastic bins full of like soiled linens, blankets and pillows and stuff that are like, <laughs> it's it's weird. You're like, what are, like what are these doing here? Like all over them. They were, yeah, they were like, they had been out in the elements and you're like, why are these here? Are they like remodeling or what? No, there's just like soiled linens like laying out in the street, basically. It looks like if you threw a rock at them, they'd shatter like stained glass. Yeah. It's like nothing out here is wet. How are these how are these blankets wet and moldy? <laughs> is, is it wet or is it just that like sticky sheen? Ugh. Well, I didn't I didn't sniff them or anything, but somewhere in between the two, I'm sure. So we go up in there and the it's like really dark in the hallways and stuff, and there's all these dudes like standing around. And I'm like, what? Smoking cigarettes and gambling with little basically with little green visors that you can see through. <laughs> well, like I figured out later that like with all the roads closed and stuff, like these are they're they're basically using this hotel as like a dormitory for the road work, you know, the highway workers. So there's like okay. dudes staying four to a room all throughout there and then us. And we get in there and this it's like dude, it's like an airport super eight. Like oh, everything's dude, the- broken. The ceiling fan's got a, a blade busted off of it. The light fixtures are like hanging from the ceiling. The uh, there was all no the, hot water <laughs> at all. The ceiling fans have been replaced. The the blades on the ceiling fans have been replaced with dildos. <laughs> just just a just a plank. <laughs> but there, and there's my pores are just screwed into it. <laughs> and like I'm not exaggerating. There was no hot water in this building. No like, way. Is that even? There was none. It wasn't that. like, oh, it's overtaxed, and so there's not some right now. Like, I tried several different times to like take a shower, and there is no hot water. It's only <laughs> cold. It's so like, and everything's dirty and stuff. And you're like, this is not what you know. If this was like a, hey, we're staying here for a night. It's fifty bucks. Like, we'll we'll deal with it. Right. That's, that's fine. But it's Which it's two hundred bucks a night. You know. And there's nowhere to go because you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. That's why it's 200 bucks a night. They just, they know you're fucked once you're there. Yeah, pretty much. And the, so, the, the expensive meals, I'm like, if you're like, if it's all like highway workers, construction overnight people, it's, and that's the only place and they're just staying there, that's probably like, oh, let's just double, let's just like quadruple the price of what this is actually worth because we know that the state's paying for it on a card. Oh, yeah. They're probably making a killing right now off of all yeah. that. It sucked so bad. And so like we it. had booked it for two nights and it was so bad that like we we just packed up and left the next morning, just thought, well, we'll go to the park today and then we'll go stay someplace else. So yeah, that was, that wasn't good. It was, uh, it was a, 
bad experience. I, I have yet to write a bad review. I don't really write bad reviews for anything. You have to for this place. You sent me pictures of uh, the cum-stained furniture. Dude, <laughs> yeah. that was rough. Just like a big, crusty white stain on the front of like the little chair in there. Yeah, what did I say to you? Something about like it, look it because it it underneath you took the cushion off and underneath it it was like bleached white and it just it looked like someone just I think I said it looked like someone poured a bunch of lye and bleach on there to clean out the blood stains. It's like pretty it had much this like acid washed like chemical burn look to it where it's like what were they? Why does it look like that? Like that's not that doesn't just happen. That was a very intentional cleaning that was done. And it might have been where someone someone might have been murdered in that chair. Yeah, it's fumigation stains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like somebody somebody with a diaper fetish, that's where they popped right there. <laughs> Everything poured out. <laughs> diaper fetish. Dude, what was crazy though is like, so the next day we, we hit some stuff in the park before we went. We went down into Badwater Basin, which... Like I said, I don't think there's usually a lot of water there, but there's a huge lake in there right now, this big salt lake, right? So you walk out onto the salt flats and it's, you know, everything's just like bleach white and reflected. It's pretty cool, but like it's, it's it looks such like a snow different... kind of like that kind of almost. Yeah. White. I feel like I've obviously I haven't, I'm uh, not well traveled, so I haven't seen anything like that in person, but I feel like I've seen pictures of similar things where it's just like it has like a snow look and it's kind of hard to tell if you're not sure of where the picture is taken. Yeah. It's kind of like that sort of thing. So what's crazy is like you look on the website and they're like, okay, we have, you know, it, it lists out like all the animals that they have within the park. And obviously there's a lot of elevation change. So some stuff lives up high, I'm sure, but like you're, you're driving around in there and you're like, I don't see how this could support any life at all. I mean, it's the most desolate place. There's not even any birds. I mean, it's just empty. It's it's literally like the surface of Mars. And so we're walking out onto the salt flat, looking around and stuff, and there's a bunch of people there and everything. And uh, I noticed there was like something heaped up, like on the side of the path, way out towards the water on this like salt flat. It's just more human shit and toilet paper. <laughs> no, I'm sure that was out there too, though. <laughs> but we were walking over and I like, I could tell it was something dead. So I, I like kneeled down and I was kind of looking at it and stuff. You do and have it a was, radar for dead things in the middle of nowhere. So I, that's fair. I do seem <laughs> to find a lot of dead things, but it was a, it was a duck. A it duck? Was like, yeah, it was like a little teal. A and it had been shred. No, it was a teal. It was kind of like a little smaller one. But it's just out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around. There's no food sources. I mean, there's nothing. And then there's just this duck that's shredded. And then a pile of coyote crap, like, next to it. And you're just looking around, and you're like, where did it come from? And where did it go? How does it live here? Like, it's it's just crazy to think that stuff survives out there. Yeah, it's it's not, not, I wouldn't say it's like my anywhere. I think there's some. One of the weird things is there's this place called like Devil's Hole. But you said I'll the water you... was salt water, though. Oh so yeah, like extremely not, salty. So it's not like anything's gonna drink. 
It's not like a water supply that would bring any animals in. They obviously can't drink it. That's so interesting. Yeah, like there was a lot of like grasshoppers for some reason, like okay. out laying around. And and it's like anything that touches that water just salt crystallizes around it and it dies. So like even this duck carcass was just had crystallized salt all over the outside of it. Wow. Very weird. But um that yeah, there's this place in the park you couldn't get to because of the the road closures and stuff, but it's called Devil's Hole and it's like this hmm. weird spring in the middle of this rock patch and it's like crystal clear water because it's filtered, you know, through all these layers of rock and stuff. And they don't know how deep it is. It's just like this, like almost completely transparent blue water that goes down into the dark abyss forever. Really? No, no clue how old it is. There's these like endangered, there's these things called a pup fish. And it's a specific species. It's like the devil's hole pupfish. It's the only place they live. And they're found there. Nowhere else. So really? it's, it's so strange. That's honestly really sick. Well, and it's like something to do with this place is like it's reactive to like seismic activity. So they had videos in the get in the visitor center of like uh, there was an earthquake somewhere out into this in the Pacific. And they have cameras trained on the outside of this water hole, you know, and like, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of miles away it was, but all of a sudden, like this thing just starts sloshing and it's like huge waves in this like rock crevice for no apparent reason. And it's because there's some earthquakes somewhere else on the planet. So That's strange. It's like, uh, in, it's like fissures open up. It's like, uh, for an anim- for species to just like exist in that one small place and nowhere else in the world, it feels like. Well, I guess it's interesting because, like, evolutionary, like, evolutionarily, it's like nothing has gone in or out of that area in so long that they've just like independently evolved. I guess. Yeah, they've just it's specialized. Cool. They're like or a real uh, pretty Earth- blue color too. Or the earth just cracked open and that was like, you know, ancient aliens kind of shit, right? It's just from the before times, I guess. I thought you you were going to say that's where the floodwaters left them when it receded. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not my favorite national park by any means, but like it's definitely something worth seeing. I I feel like that one and uh, Petrified Forest are two that like I'm probably not going to like bend over backwards to go back to, but you should go see them at some point. If you like that kind of stuff, it's very interesting. That's what's cool about where you are. I feel like you are in much closer proximity. Well, you did fly in, but I feel like at least like being on the East coast, anything that's not on the East coast is like a big trip. Like your equal distance from like the West and East coast ascent. uh, maybe not equal distance, actually, but still, it's a good like on central the west, base. It's like, who cares about all the way in the west? Like, if you're talking like Midwest, like there's a lot out there. Uh, you go a bit west, it's like you there's a things are a little bit more accessible uh, for reasonable flight times than uh, or even drive time. Like you could you could kind of map it out so you're not driving an excessive amount of time to reach different destinations, but. 
Yeah, it is cool. It's like, especially moving here like later on in life. Like, you know, we like to road trip and it's like all of a sudden there's all these places we've never been that are like driving distance, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, maybe so, one of these days you're, uh, you'll make it out to New England, you fucking loser. You guys got any rocks there? Plenty. Dude, we have, uh, we have a mountain with dino- <laughs> dinosaur footprints on it. You could uh, check that shit out. Uh, that's probably, that's I'm evolutionist probably, propaganda. I'm probably a couple hours from it, and I've still never seen it. But <laughs> I do want to take my kids because, uh, I, I mean, I want to see dinosaur footprints in rock. I feel like my, my kids like dinosaurs. Well, every kid likes dinosaurs. Heck yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, you do cool shit. You like see what's around and you, you do stuff. I don't, it doesn't even cross my mind to, to make day trips. I guess that's what happens after you have children. You're just like every, you, just, you don't think ahead that much. You're like, oh shit, it's Saturday. What should we do? Uh, let's go to the playground. <laughs> you don't like plan a whole trip around it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's literally, it's just the two of you. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, so, you got uh you told me you have a what what is this list of of movies that you told me about i facebook i don't know what's happening with my facebook to be honest uh it's mostly just like i every ad i get like facebook right now thinks i i'm heavily invested into what britney spears has said about justin timberlake in her recent memoir or what bam marger is up to like all shit I've never looked up in my entire life, but Facebook is always like, I think Facebook bases what you're interested in on how long you stop and look at something promoted. And I'm a sucker for bullshit. So it's like, if I'm scrolling through it and I see something that's like Britney Spears, I'm like, Oh, interesting. But I'm not seeking that out. But then what happens is I stop on it for too long. And then the Facebook goes, oh, you love this? Let me give you more of it. TikTok was doing that to me uh, as well. Actually, Facebook as well. It's all fucking, in, it's a conspiracy, really. But uh, Facebook also thought that I was obsessed with Eminem. It just, all I got was like Eminem and Dr. Dre shit for like three months until it moved on to like what Britney's up to. And look, some of that might be because Facebook and Instagram are basically the same and I follow Britney on Instagram and I do spend a little bit more time on Britney's posts where you know you might see her ass cheeks I might spend a little more time on those than I do on like other posts that are promoted uh so I get it I get like I the algorithm isn't entirely wrong when you see Britney dancing in a bathing suit, with, you're like with knives. With knives, you're like, yeah, of course I'm gonna fucking watch this. You see her <laughs> on the beach, covering her boobs with her ass cheeks facing you. You're like, you don't not, you don't continue the same consistent scroll speed. You might scroll back a bit, and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. what was that? Because your brain knows when you see ass cheeks before your eyes do, so you're just like, oh, okay, okay, let me go back real quick. Oh yeah, I've been wanting to see those since I was. 11 so you pig mission accomplished i saw britney's ass cheeks and that was nice uh so it's whatever i mean either way i i went down a little bit of a rabbit hole but uh the internet uh particularly facebook also thought i had an interest in maybe what candace cameron burr is up to 
Now, for those who don't know, Candace Cameron Burr um, was uh, DJ Tanner on Full House, uh, the sister of Kirk Cameron. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sister of Kirk Cameron, DJ, uh, DJ, fuck, sorry, Candace, uh, you know, she got saved, became a born again Christian. She was like 12. That was mostly thanks to her brother uh, becoming radicalized on the set of Growing Pains. And uh, <laughs> somehow, I don't know, it's pretty incredible. Who could Honestly, have had a hand his in legacy that? is unbelievable. I, it's hard to put that into words, really. But um, Candace, I feel like is it. So I've actually I've I've been. Uh, I've reached out to her publicist several times to try to get her on the podcast. I don't know if they've floated it her way, uh, but maybe they're just on D and they just shut it down as soon as they kind of got an idea of what we're about. Either way, I've been turned down uh, three times now. I've reached, I usually go for three before I just give up. I, I was turned down three times Uh either her or her publicists uh either she's not interested in talking to us or her publicists just don't think it's the right lane for her which which it's not it's not but also it would be sick because it we're pretty be. we're look we had two for christ on and we were we were kind i mean we're kind people uh we might throw some shade when we're just talking amongst ourselves but i'm not gonna look someone in the eyes and be a piece of shit and i don't even have a bone to pick with candace Candace is fine. She's not in the public. Uh, she's not under public scrutiny because she said some boneheaded bullshit. Candace is just doing her thing, not making waves. But uh, she, Candace w- had like a partnership of some sort with Hallmark for a while. Um, and then she recently left Hallmark to work for to to start a new or she was starting or participating in like a new media company. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm pulling it up as we speak because I wasn't prepared. This is um, like a, a blatantly Christian sort of media company. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's really what it is. So she, my bad. This is me being uh, an absolute child right now trying to sift through my multiple open tabs on my google chrome <laughs> um all right so now she's working for uh she reveals the uh it's a great american family media company is what she's working for so oh god it's called great american family yeah so you know already like what the deal is with it um essentially like Whatever any whatever she says, it's all dog whistle for I stopped wanting to participate in Hallmark. Hallmark kind of shifted away from her traditional values, which essentially is Hallmark put out a couple of movie with queer relationships and she wasn't cool with that. Oh, man. Right. How dare they? Yeah. How dare they? So she moved to Great America. She moved to the Great American Family Company media broadcasting whatever the fuck and um they're going hard in the paint dude they they announced their uh christmas movie lineup and look i know we're just rolling into halloween um this episode will actually come out on halloween but we're skipping the halloween talk because we this is america and christmas started last month okay 
<laughs> I know. I see all the decorations and stuff already, and just oh boy. So they're prepared. Be ready to hear all I want for Christmas is you three hundred times in the next like ninety days. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the next few months is not great. I am so fucking thankful. Last November is when I got out of retail and moved into working at a school. And holy dude, if anything makes you just hate the capitalist society you live in, it's working at corporate retail where all Christmas is never over. It's it's January 1st. You start placing orders for Q4 next year like you just are already in it. Everything's Q4, 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 Q4. It makes you want to just blow your fucking brains out. It's absolutely a nightmare to be a part of. And we know that the media companies work the same way because on October 13th, uh, they announced a record-breaking movie lineup. A 20-movie, a 20-Christmas movie lineup for the holiday season, which is Volume Obviously equates to quality. Set. Yep. Okay. So managed right. to avoid subscribing to their website. Yeah. All right. So uh, there'll be a little bit of an edit in here. I'll see how Casey cleans that up. But I was doing this on my phone and I got a cool notification as I was about to get into all of the fun uh, movies that they have planned for the year. Uh, and it, prompted me to pay to subscribe because I had already enjoyed this is uh, slightly embarrassing I had already enjoyed so many christianheadlines.com articles <laughs> even just looking at I'm on this website and they have all like the paid mo- like all the most popular shit on the side it's like tragedy strikes oh well that's actually a tragedy that's just regular news sorry and it's uh five things you should know about new house speaker Mike Johnson it's like unless the list is he's a cunt he's a cunt he's a cunt over and over again then i don't really know that there's much to talk about yeah or like a list of his previous like assault charges here we go literally speechless john skillets john cooper addresses musicians dressed in drag at dove awards which is kind of funny because it says musicians dressed in drag when actually there was only one musician dressed in drag and that was flaming grant and the other musician was Derek webb and he wasn't dressed in drag. He was just wearing a dress, uh, which I get why that would bother John Cooper so much. But it's also kind of a troll move. And John Cooper is the king of troll. So for him to make such a big deal about something that he has a problem with, thus amplifying it significantly, shows that you know he's just as stupid as everybody else on the Internet. And he has no actual intent of making any change. He just likes speaking to his base and riling people up for a, a fucking paycheck so fuck you john cooper pretty much uh all right so anyway candace cameron burr we're back on her um i found a little bit more while we were uh trying to fix our problem here about great american media it's actually kind of some interesting shit uh actually i just pulled up wikipedia to get you know the most succinct information about it but um April 2020, this is a new company. Uh, it was April 2022. It was announced that Burr would take an executive role at GAC Media, GAC, GAC, which is not great American media. That would be GAM. So I'm not sure what GAC is, but when I look it up, it says GAC, DBA, great American media, DBA doing business as um, a company led by former Hallmark Channel 
head, Bill Abbott. So Bill Abbott left Hallmark to start Great American Media. Uh, not a obviously amid some controversy because um, you know a lot of it has to do with like I already said, uh, Hallmark's trend towards the quote unquote progressive themes. Uh, obviously, that's mostly just LGBTQ shit because what else is Hallmark doing that's progressive? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, uh, they, they started playing Gilmore Girl reruns, and he was like, "Not in my house." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look, I'm not a Hallmark aficionado, but I would be willing to bet that at least 95 percent of their uh, their couples are, you know, late 20s, early 30s post-divorce definitely white like we know what they're doing um now there was some response like there was some criticism over uh the, the, she got some criticism f- uh, regarding her comments about quote-unquote traditional marriage by some celebrities like hillary burton uh who was i actually didn't realize that she was on trl for a bit but she's mostly most well known for being on one tree hill I think it was Peyton and shockingly Jojo Siwa, who I've only learned about since I started working in elementary school, but she's, I don't know who any of those people are. Jojo Siwa is a YouTuber, uh, which means she's off my radar and I don't care. Um, now of, uh, Burr's implication that great American media production would never depict same sex couples. Abbott, the guy who started it, who left Hallmark stated to the wall street journal that quote, It's certainly the year 2022, so we're aware of the trends. There's no whiteboard that says, yes, this or no, we'll never go there. So that's his easy way out of just not actually answering the question and not stating what his actual problem with Hallmark is, but it's pretty clear. And I think what will make that clear is that out of 20 fucking great American media films, I'm sure none of them will depict same-sex couples, which... Whatever. I mean, look, I get that representation matters, but I don't really want any of my life represented on Hallmark or Great American Media. So. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Is it, does it matter really? People are dodging a bullet. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you're all look, it's like, I do you want if you're queer, do you want to be represented as queer on Hallmark or Great American Media? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll queer, do a so. good job with it. But. Here we go. I want to just go through this list. Uh, we don't have to hit all 20, but maybe we will because, look, it's it, we're not getting too in-depth here. I think the fun thing is looking at the similarities and differences, uh, and I think that the similarities column will be stacked and the differences column will have almost nothing in it at all as far as tally marks go. But it's so funny just reading some of the the like the, the, uh, the film titles here. So the first, here we go, starting with Destined 2. Christmas once more will premiere on Great American Family on October 14th. So we already missed the premiere uh, and we are well into the Christmas season as far as Great American Media Company is concerned. And it's telling the story of a man who is plotting a Christmas proposal to his girlfriend. That's it. That's what it. Think, Casey? <laughs> That's the it's plot. just it's just him making plans to like bury a ring in her like flan. <laughs> the restaurant, her fruit cake. <laughs> Burr, gonna, gonna get on the kiss cam off. at the uh, Dodgers game or something like that. 
Yeah. Oh God. What, what could it's... possibly be the most interesting way that he might propose? He's just, he gets her a puppy and he shoves the ring up the puppy's asshole. <laughs> so when it takes a shit in her house, 30 seconds after she saves it from suffocating to death in a box wrapped in plastic, yeah, she realizes <laughs> he's in love with her. <laughs> so in this scenario, you you feel that the ring comes out like like around the turd, like a yeah. fake thing, like a little brown yeah. finger. <laughs> exactly. Well, perfect. But that there's, turd a, there's is a, the major thing compromising like that. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the puppy ate last, like a sock. Yeah, a battery. It comes out wrapped it, around a battery. <laughs> it literally like poops out. It does one of those sock dumps where you have to kind of like pull it out. Yeah, and then she's got it. There's a ring tied to the end. <laughs> where it's like, you know, when dogs eat, like my dogs eat uh, probably a lot of cat hair, and you've definitely found like hairs poking out the end of an animal's butthole, where you're like just kind of keep pulling that string as it as it comes out and it just eventually Sometimes, there's a ring tied to the end of it i think that would be pretty that's cute and unique yeah, like, somewhat I, dangerous for the puppy but like you got to take risks in life yeah, i think the major I mean, thing compromising that plan is how often puppies have diarrhea yeah <laughs> it may just be it may just be like you're you're uh Kay's diamond like laying in a puddle of brown. <laughs> yeah. It, it comes out it just as the puddle spreads, the ring gets exposed. It's beautiful, really. Uh Bert, keep what, it oh, off. How about what if Because uh, 'cause I'm I'm thinking of the theme here. Like, what if he proactively writes Will You Marry Me Courtney under the base of a Confederate statue that college kids <laughs> are about to tapple? <laughs> And she sees it on the news and she's like, oh, my God. I don't think so. That's what he was expecting. He he was aware of the the liberal propaganda protest that was going to go on. He was like, I know exactly what I need to do. (laughs) He knew where those news cameras are going to be real quick. Uh, So I guess um, the set this this is all part of like a 24 hour a day Christmas program. Like this is how you know it's a new programming pro a new network it says uh this 20 this 20 movie lineup is part of a 24 hour day christmas programming beginning october 13th that means non-stop Ugh. 24 hours a day they're just gonna play the same fucking movies over and over and over again what I what just, other well maybe it'd be interesting after this to to look and see like what other shows they've actually licensed yeah, they yeah. have to have like bought like three seasons of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman or something like oh that to God. fill in the gaps. Or is it just going to be like thigh master commercials? Well, there's one way to find out, and that would be texting Christmas, all caps, to 1-877-999-1225 to find your hashtag Great American Family Viewing Options. So if you're curious, you can start there. All right. Give me the number again. All right. So, all right. Destin 2. That's the one I just said, right? Uh, scrolling back up. Yeah. Destin 2. Christmas once more. Well, we did that one. Wait, Twice what am I supposed text- to text? What am I supposed are to? You, what number am I texting to? Are you doing it right now? Yeah. Perfect. Text Christmas to one 877 
that was in a post by uh, Candace Cameron Burr, where she's dressed up in Christmas attire, Christmas attire in front of a Christmas tree with excessively large Christmas ornaments on it. That's peculiar. Um, okay, I have to. Uh, there is a video. Here. I wish that had a better way. I wish my audio for my computer was being pumped into the uh, the broadcast here because that would be fun to just listen to that together, but we can't. So, all right. After Destin two Christmas, once more, we have twas the text before Christmas, uh, an unexpected text, an unexpected text message sent to the wrong number sets into motion, a Christmas tradition with a new family over three separate years, October 21st. We missed it. 8 PM Eastern time. So the person texts, the wrong person, something which sets into motion a Christmas yeah. tradition with another family. A real sexy wrong number who dis kind of scenario. Kind of an Anthony Weiner sort of situation. Yeah, and if Anthony Weiner was like, "Oops, I didn't realize I sent this. My mistake." <laughs> Peep my Yule log, bro. If Anthony Weiner was like, "Oops, wrong number. Meant to send this picture of my Weiner to my wife." <laughs> Then it would be exactly that. It would be the same thing. I wish that twas the text before Christmas started with a dick pic. And yeah, Merritt Patterson and Trevor, uh, an unexpected text message sent to the wrong person. Patterson. Yeah. So Trevor, or uh, I don't know, whatever the man is in this is the one that sent the text. Uh, so I think it's, I mean, it's particularly wholesome that Candace Cameron Burr would be part of a film that, you know, she needs the wholesome. What's the text? Merry Christmas. I love you. I mean, it's got to be something real simple, but if it was real life, it would be like, it would be a picture of a dick with a bow on top of it. You know? Yeah. I mean, and maybe he's a youth pastor. <laughs> and he thinks he's sending it to uh, someone who left the youth group like two years ago. Or uh, he's sending it to his wife, Marie, but also there's a youth group student named Marie, and he didn't differentiate properly in his contacts list. And, uh, well, the wrong Marie. Marie, I need you. I want to deck your halls, something like that. I got a present for you to open. Okay, I I got some uh, text back here. Oh, nice. Um. So I had to opt in. It says get 100 messages a month of GAF channel. Five. <laughs> That's so, so many messages. I have to remember how to opt out of this at some point yeah. here. Very soon, actually. So it, it says, thank you, you for your interest in high quality movies. Just respond with oh, your zip God. code to find out how to watch Great American Family in your area. Respond so your zip I code, did. Social security number, phone number, driver's license number. Yeah, and it's on all of the, uh, you know, all of the normal, like, Dish Network and DirecTV. It comes Fubo. free with your what subscription is Fubo? to You're right. <laughs> Fubo? Like, wait, free with any uh, donation to the Heritage Foundation. Fubo? Yeah. F-U-B-O? Yeah, I don't know what that is. And then there's Philo. P-H-I-L-O. I don't know. And friendly TV. No one's friendly ever heard of this TV. Crap. It's like Net Nanny's streaming service. Oh my god! All right. Well, the next one. Bring 
Bringing Christmas Home, starring Jill Wagner and Paul Green. I, I like how it tells you who they're starring. Like it matters to fucking anyone. As if it's not uh, the first movie that they've ever been in. Yeah. If, it's, if it wasn't the start and end of their movie career. Yeah, they just got inducted into SAG, and they're like, we're real actors now. Uh, a, a professor <laughs> oh God. a professor of military history teams with an antique store owner to track down the original owner of a historic World War II uniform and the love letters left in its pockets. Oh, dude, they love jerking off to World War II. Yeah, World War II sexy, dude. I like a sexy World War II. <laughs> Don't look so, at my searches. You'll find a lot of sexy World War II searches. He's like, I miss you, honey. I can't get the blood off my hands. Actually, my sexy World War II uh, searches, it's just uh, its just the wives of deployed soldiers cheating on their husbands. <laughs> 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 Unit seven forty three, no filter. <laughs> All, right. All right, next one. Journey, journey to Christmas. Journey to the center of Christmas. No, it's just journey to Christmas. Uh, starring Ash Sai and Joey Hayworth. While on a charity press tour, a model Sai. I don't know if I'm saying that right. T S A I. That's the only way my American brain knows how to pronounce that uh well on a charity press tour a model ends up stranded by the weather at the family home of the driver she hired to assist her for the week so it's kind of like um it's kind of like like uber the a christmas story it's yeah it's like a lamer version of uh that jonathan taylor thomas one where he gets stuck glued into a santa suit Oh, I forgot about that. I, it's what's uh, it's like uh, the second half of Home Alone where mom can't get home to Kevin because the weather is too bad. So she <laughs> drives. She hires a truck of fucking brass instrument players to bring her home and then falls in love with John Candy and fucks his brains out in front of all the other uh, instrumentalists. <laughs> I don't know. Instead of showing that like uh, a, a young kid giving head trauma to a couple of like <laughs> poor dudes. <laughs> it's actually the better story. It's heartwarming. <laughs> All right. A model's uh, on a cele- like a press, a, a charity press tour. Yeah. When is that scenario ever played out in real life? What's the charity that this woman's, uh, what's a charity press tour? What's her charity? Um, she's raising money for Kyle Rittenhouse's legal defense. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say it's distributing TV dinners to poor families, but (laughs) if you donate, if you donate $400, I'll take, I'll eat a knuckle sandwich from Steven Crowder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god right, she stands one. her ground under the mistletoe <laughs> this is a fun game actually i love this this is a lot of fun all right the next one a dash of christmas <laughs> starring 
Oh, we got a Broadway actor on this uh, on this one, starring Broadway's Laura Osnes and Christopher Russell, a marketing a marketing exec, which is Laura, must learn a recipe to get her dream job and ends up entered in a holiday bake off with a dream baker, Christopher Russell. What the fuck? <laughs> She has to learn a recipe in order to get her dream job and somehow ends up in a baking contest with a dreamy baker. That's the joke. I mean, that plot is the actual joke. A marketing exec must learn a recipe to get her dream job. Her dream job is a baker, I guess, and ends up entered in a holiday bake-off with a dream baker. So... She ends up in a bake-off with someone that she finds uh, sexually appealing and she's into and uh, love buds from there. But they have to compete, and that's challenging because she wants to win and he wants to win, but they also want to be uh, bakers. They want she to be Cardi stars. Cardi B's her, his eggnog. She Cardi B's her eggnog. I don't know what that means, Casey, but... Oh, Cardi B apparently used to uh, drug dudes when she was a stripper and then steal their money. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't know she had a, her start was uh, stripping. Apparently so. Cool. Well, yeah, I don't so even know that about that sounds, That was just insane. I mean. I wonder if she, re- if she learns that she's been too career focused and that she's, uh, she's not really enjoying the true spirit of Christmas, which right, is which to. Understand. I understand. I'm marketing exact. I mean, I get it. The corporate grinds bullshit. She just wants to like, she just wants to, you know, mix ingredients into a bowl and throw it in the oven for the rest of her life. And I think that's admirable. Wait a second. What is the name of the, her male counterpart? I want to see if this, this baker's a honk. Christopher Russell. Christopher Russell. Yeah. Is he bae? Ah, he's a pretty dreamy baker. Let me see it. Like, uh, he has, like, movie guy hair. Oh, that means it's, like, um, yeah. I, you yeah, know what the movie guy hair is. Like the mid-length, it goes backwards. It's, like, a mid-length on the sides, just barely goes over the ears, but mostly behind him, and it's, like, a full comb back. He yeah, has yeah, yeah, full-on, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, trust fund brat lacrosse hair. Yeah. Which I, that, I would uh, love to I have. Got, I'm, not, uh, like, I'm not trying to be a douche. Oh my God! There's one without his shirt on. He is a hunk. <laughs> wow, dude, he's look at him go. Man. Is that CGI? Holy shit! Look at that eight pack. Fuck. My boy Christopher looks like sex on a stick out here. Dude, all his eight pack is symmetrically angled to drip all that cum into his cum gutters. All of it. <laughs> he looks like corn on the cob. <laughs> Back and forth. <laughs> All right. Next one. Our Christmas wedding. Starring Holly DeVoe and Drew Seeley. Oh my In god. Se- Christmas oh. and a wedding? Yeah, this is a sequel. In the sequel, what's the first one? I don't know. Uh in the sequel, roles reverse is Nicole's boss plans newly engaged Nicole and Michael's wedding in two weeks at Christmas. So 
Nicole and Michael are getting married, and for some reason, her boss is planning the wedding in 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 two weeks. Her boss is doing that for her. Who is like the main part the, of this what? story? Is this what? following the boss? It's hard to know. Uh, the boss is probably. I'm gonna guess the boss is an elderly figure, maybe like a father figure to Nicole. Uh, in that he's gonna walk her down the aisle at the end. That's my guess. I'm gonna Google this because I think that's probably what happens. And that's gonna that premieres. Uh, oh, I should I can't Google it. It premieres November fifth. Uh, so y'all can watch it Ooh. in real well, time. Christmas and a wedding. They had to release that one a little later. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that one. You don't want their audience Ow. to climax early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if her boss. Uh, in his haste to, or her haste to plan this extravagant wedding loses sight of the real meaning of Christmas and maybe finds a little love of her own along the way. I would argue that if you're uh, planning a wedding on Christmas, you've lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Hey, how do we make <laughs> this holiday all about us? <laughs> right. How do we ruin everyone oh, else's Christmas? Everyone's Christmas and get married on Christmas. <laughs> Oh, you have a family and you like to give your children gifts? We're going to fuck that up for you. And we're going to make you show up to our shit because you feel bad saying that you won't be there when we send out an RSVP that says, if it's in two weeks, the RSVPs are going to go out and be like, can you attend our wedding next week? And everyone's going to be like, well, we don't technically have anything going on on Christmas. We were just going to enjoy our family and let our children open gifts. But I guess we can ruin it for them and show up and spend more money to give you a gift that you don't need because you already probably have it all. I'm guessing if it's this, if it's a Hallmark type, they're all doing pretty well in their careers and they're really upset that everything that, you know, they're upset that everything's worked out so perfectly for them except their wedding. And they need to do that in two weeks to inconvenience everybody else. That sounds about right. That would be uh, I would be very upset if I was obligated to attend a wedding on Christmas, that's maybe oh, the only thing worse than having to eat Turkey at your grandma's house. That dry as overcooked Turkey. Turkey oh, dude, yeah. turkey's cooked, right? If Turkey's cooked, right? It's good. We have a tendency in America to overcook our poultry. I don't know that I've had good Turkey. I think really he's, I, I kind of generally think that Turkey is like a, a terrible bird. I, I think, uh, I don't enjoy white meat, uh, on a Turkey, uh, especially when it's just like cooked in the oven because the Turkey breast gets like, that just gets all the heat. It gets dried out real quick, but you might as well, it like, it's so dry. You might as well eat silica packets. Maybe, but didn't, uh, was it the, it's, uh, I forget what it is. I, I just learned this recently, but like even for chicken, um, the internal temp for chicken is a lot higher in the u.s than it is in in europe uh and i want to say the same for other poultry like turkey it's like like you know like duck i don't know i don't, I don't really know the difference because like duck you can be duck like, is well, like you medium want this rare. rare yeah you can cook that shit rare if if chicken is undercooked it's fucking awful dangerous like, <laughs> But even if it's like chicken's weird because it's like it's only like, 
with the meats that you can cook medium or rare, it's because the bacteria will only present on the outside and cooking it cooks that off. But with poultry, or I should say chicken, it's if the if the chicken itself has salmonella bacteria, the internal temp needs to hit a certain temperature so that you won't get salmonella because it's not on the outside, it's throughout. Um, but again, Europe, they've lowered that. Uh, it's like with pork. They recently, not too long ago, lowered the internal temperature needed for pork. And that I think has to do with maybe the way they cure it. Either way, a lot of goes into it. I think we've gone down a rabbit hole that's uh, totally uh, independent of our our uh, great American family, whatever the fuck Christmas would be light up. We've only gone through seven, dude. I don't know. We're not going to go through 20 of these. We're, uh, we're not going to hit all 20, but let's go through a couple more. Let's hit Real 10. Real quick. I, uh, seven. I was like uh, just glancing at a list of traditional Victorian Christmas dishes. Oh. And there's most of these are weird. You want to hear a couple? Is it, is it the turkey with those like little, uh, it looks like they have, oh, it's like those leggings. When the turkey, <laughs> the little chef's hat on cute little wedding, the little chef's hat on the feet, yeah, that's so hot, dude. There's some of that, yeah. There's okay, um, uh, traditional Victorian turkey, mm. pigeon pie. Oh, uh, you no, you killed pheasant recently, right? You tried pheasant, uh, dove, yeah, dove. How so was that might that, be good. It was delicious. Yeah, with a little chimichurri or chimichurri, however you say it, it was very good. Mm. Uh, calf's head calf's head like baby cow yep okay and it's this is just an illustration but it is a literal like calf's head on a platter that's fucked up that's actually heart is another thing on here calf's tongue is another damn dude calves don't farewell at christmas no if you're a baby cow it's you're uh it's like being uh, a baby in uh around the time that Jesus was born when Pharaoh had a bunch of them murdered. <laughs> yeah. Just don't be a yeah. baby at that time. A lot of random cow parts. All right, what's next on the list? All right. Oh, holy fuck, dude. The next one, you're gonna know this name, and if you don't, I have some choice words for you. Oh a man, Christmas another honk. Blessing. The blessing. <laughs> Christmas Blessing, starring Lori Laughlin. I know the name. What is Lori Laughlin from? I'll give you a hint. She may or may not have paid her uh, paid her children's way unethically into a prestigious college. Oh, she's a full house. She Aunt was Becky, a... baby. Aunt Becky, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're teaming up. They're back at it. God damn. I needed that duo again. I didn't realize that I needed it until I read it. Uh, <laughs> a Christmas Blessing starring Lori Laughlin, James Tupper, and Jesse Hutch. A TV chef, Lori Laughlin, is divinely inspired to take over her late aunt's charity with help from a new friend, Hutch, and handsome business associate next door, Tupper. What do you suppose the charity is for? Ooh, okay. TV chef is divinely inspired to take over her late aunt. It's a late aunt, so it's an aunt. We know how old Lori Laughlin is. She's an she's an older lady. Still, 
I'm not throwing shade. She is very attractive. But she's on the older side of things. Uh, and her aunt would be much older. She probably died of old age. So what would an old age aunt have a charity for? Um, hmm. Some sort of like preservation fund for plantations. <laughs> plantations well i'm gonna guess that this movie takes place in new york because if it's a hallmark movie it seems to have to uh it's either like it's either new york or just like the midwest but it's someone from new york revisiting their old home in the midwest um they raise I'm money to buy migrants plane tickets to texas mm, or florida so they can be relocated to martha's vineyard uh, it might be a toys for tots kind of situation. Like, uh, uh, how do we provide toys for the children on Christmas? It's a Christmas blessing. So it's got to be Christmas related. I'm guessing that it, it's related to getting uh, it, a lot of these revolve around like where uh, upper middle class America or what we would call upper middle. They're, the people making these films are like, let's make a movie about middle-class America, not realizing how fucked the economy is. So like everyone watching it is like, wow, they're wealthy. Uh, but my guess is it's like upper middle-class Americans uh, caring about poor people once a year is usually what I think would be the, would be the type of charity that would be appropriate for a, a great American family Christmas film. Yeah. Like giving trivial, like action figures to, Kids who live on one meal a day. Giving turkeys to Tiny Tim's situations. <laughs> Ships them like a freeze-dried Canadian goose carcass. It's like disc. It's like they don't have turkeys, uh, but they hired uh, Midwest puds like you to kill a bunch of pheasants or whatever the fuck you just said you caught. Well, it sounds like a worthy cause to me. I, yeah, I mean, and it keeps you paid, you know, it keeps that it, it, it helps God the economy. God bless you, Lori. I, I would legit watch a, a uh, great American family movie with Lori Laughlin. Um, all right. Next one. We're going to do two more and then we're going to call it. Maybe we'll do the next 10 on our uh, next episode because I'm actually enjoying this. Uh, if you're not, well, then I guess you can, you know, skip this part after our banter in two weeks. But I. uh I'm interested in going through the rest of this list. But next is Santa. Maybe I like the play. Oh, play on words here. It's a play on the worst Christmas song ever made. Oh God. The only Christmas song more annoying than little drummer boy. I don't, I feel like all Christmas songs are tied for the worst Christmas songs ever made. (laughs) You know what? All I want for Christmas is for Mariah Carey to get whatever RFK jr. Has. (laughs) 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 Cheryl where's the goose sounds like the grandpa from uh, Christmas Vacation (laughs) the guy I imitated earlier the blessing (laughs) it's like the funniest thing you'd ever saw when you were a kid oh god that movie fucking rules dude I watch it every year you know what I just watched? Uh, not quite a Christmas movie, but uh, I watched it relentlessly when I was a child. Was Rocket Man that Harland Williams movie where they go oh, to Mars? I loved that movie. Holy shit, dude! I loved it too, and I just watched it with my kids the other night. 
and one it holds up which was no kidding because i expected it to not and here's why it's a lot of kids (laughs) movies now like overdo silly like silly goes too far to being annoying but it is like the right amount of silly where what i mean you you feel like him inflating his spacesuit with farts was tasteful it is tastefully that was done. like the most almost too far silly part about it but my kids loved it uh they when they realized what was going on they were just they thought it was so funny but the very beginning dude when he's driving up to NASA to go to work and he's in his little orange like be like little uh Volkswagen bug or whatever the fuck it is and he pulls into this tiny parking spot and he's too close to all the cars and he opens the driver's side door. He's got six inches between them on each car and he just smashes his door into each of the car on the left. <laughs> I can, I can picture that scene in my he mind. He smashes his door on the car to the right, but he's got no top on his car. So when he can't get out, he just like hops over and jumps out the car. I was like, holy shit, this is so funny. Wasn't but me. There's a lot, there's a, that wasn't me stuff I remember repeating as a kid because it's funny when you're like under 10 or under 12, whatever. And you, that stuff is like hokey. You're like, wasn't me, huh? It's like, like, that's not that funny anymore, but there's a lot of silly shit in that movie that actually holds up. Uh, I, I laughed a a lot watching that. I mean, I haven't seen it in uh, at least over 20 years, you know? Um, so anyway, the the scene that I remember the most is when like his, the monkey takes his like hibernation chamber. And so he's awake for nine months. Yeah. Dude, that part's actually super fucking funny. The way he passes the time and shit or the part where he's like preparing when they're testing him to see if he could cut it to go to space. And they have to put them, him and the other guy as like a competition in the isolation chambers. And they're right next to each other. And he keeps singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And he's doing it quiet. And then there's like that scene where it just keeps cutting to him going, John Jacob Jingleheimer. And then the guy in the other isolation chamber jumps up and he's screaming. And it just over and over again cuts to him screaming, John Jacob Jingle. And then the guy screaming and back and forth, back and forth. And then and then they end the the 24 hour isolation and they open that guy's door, the, his neighbors. And he's like, get his fingers in his ears. It was like making sounds. He's losing his goddamn mind. Somebody and they open, stole my pants. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're wrapped around his head and he's like supposed to be naked in there. And then they open Harlan Williams and he's got two, his socks on his hand. And he's like, could you guys give me a few more minutes? I just started the third act. <laughs> it's funny. Dude, I gotta watch that. Movie, that. You should, dude. It actually does like hold up to it. A real like I think if I watched it alone, I wouldn't have appreciated the same, but watching it with my kids definitely was like, oh fuck. There's some good shit in here that's not just pandering to kids under ten. <laughs> I should I should watch that. I gotta definitely be on like an edible or something like that when I watch yeah, yeah. it. Oh, for sure. April will hate All right. it. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, if, <laughs> she's she never seen it, it, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of it being good still is reliving childhood memories for sure. So, yeah. I would love to watch that one. And Dun- Dunstan checks in. Oh, fuck, and dude, uh, I that. And so, uh, that one probably doesn't hold up. Cop and a half, I'm sure, holds up. <laughs> Cop and a half, I don't, what is that? 
the name that is was ridiculous. uh it was like uh it was like a little black kid and uh burt reynolds and he witnesses a murder so he like uses it to force burt reynolds to like let him ride with him for a week or something like that oh my god i never saw that or heard of it oh it's so good Dude. Say let's save these. Uh, I need to plan another trip out your way, uh, and uh, we should just sit and watch like these, those three movies. <laughs> that right, would be me, so me, much. Fun. I'm gonna roll through these next two. We can uh, discuss as we need to, but let's do these last two, and then, and then call it. We'll get through ten, and if we want to revisit the next ten on our next step, we shall because we can do whatever we want because uh, we're doing this for fun and it's our podcast. So. Saint, wait, did I say Santa? Maybe did I get into that one already? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, perfect Christmas. All right, all right. Oh, so we got one left actually. Uh, a pair. Oh, you got, dude, you gotta, you gotta have Paris. You need France involved in some of these because mm-hmm. what's more romantic than Paris? Gay Paris, as they call it, right? Is that what they call it? They call gay it gay. Gay Paris. Yeah, you've never heard that. Uh, all right. A Paris Christmas Waltz. What a dumb title. All right. This one stars Jen Lilly, another no name actress and Matthew Morrison. Uh, sorry. Actor. Up Matthew. I don't think you're supposed to say actress and actor anymore. I just fuck that up sometimes. And I apologize. Performer. I think of myself as a progressive human, but I have my shortcomings. Okay. You say uh, Andrew so Morrison. No, uh, Matthew. Starring Jen Lilly, actor Jen Lilly, and actor Matthew Morrison. A novice dancer, Lilly, of course, pairs with a professional, Morrison. Okay, before we even read more, why, if, can we, let's have a movie where, like, the novice dancer is the man and the professional is the woman. I don't, why, why is it, this is so Hallmark, right? Flip the switch, baby. Anyway, so she's novice, the novice and he's yeah, the professional. I would like to see if, I would like to see those roles reversed. Dude, he's nothing. He's not as handsome as the last guy. He's kind of a tool. Ooh. Well, all right. A novice dancer, Lily, pairs with a professional Morrison to enter a renowned dance competition. Dot dot dot. In Paris! Exclamation mark. I like how excited they are in just this two sentence blurb to announce that this one's actually in Paris and not fucking New York. Oh man, uh, please they, let they, it be Paris, Texas. Oh, this is a sequel too. The next story in the Christmas Waltz universe. Oh, dude, they started a universe. Dang, a whole cinematic like uh Christmas verse. Alter reality a, here. A great American family verse. So this wait. So what's what is the name? Right. What is the the theme of the multiverse here? All right. The next story in the Christmas Waltz universe, the highest rated Christmas rom com of 2020. Oh, that's it. That's just extra. Five okay. years ago or whatever. All right. So a novice dancer pairs with professional to answer to enter a renowned dance competition in Paris. Uh, this is the next story in the Christmas Waltz universe, the highest rated Christmas rom-com of 2020. Now, I'm curious, though, if this was the next story in the Christmas Waltz universe, I'm guessing one of these is a returning actor. And it can't be Jen Lilly because she's a novice dancer. It could be Matthew Morrison, but my guess is if Matthew Morrison is a professional, 
he, he either woo another lady. He either just wooed the woman in the first and that didn't work out. And now he's on his second and he's establishing a pattern of predatory behavior or, (laughs) (laughs) or Morrison uh, was the novice in the first film and became a professional over the past five years and is now entering the renowned dance competition with a new person. And Morrison is for the first time engaging sexually with, well, they probably don't have sex in this because that's not that doesn't line up with Christian family values. But he's engaging romantically with a student, which you know, I, for Christians, as long as you don't um, engage sexually, there's no ethical lines crossed. Which no, is, you just have to wait for the eighteen to roll around, right, 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 or for her to become a professional too. That's the that's the caveat. If she's eighteen but she's a student, you just wait for her to or. It's like, is it therapy law? Was it, uh, if you're someone's counselor or therapist, you're supposed to wait like, I think it's a year and a half after they're no longer, after you're no longer their therapist to be able to engage in a uh, relationship, I think is what it is. I'm sure that most therapists that cross that line have the decency to respect that year boundary. Oh, yeah. So what I, would he have to do? What would have to happen if, okay, let's say that in the first Christmas Waltz movie, I'm going to look it was up. Well, well, one of the love to... interests, right? And now there's this new girl coming on the scene. So something awful had to happen to the previous girl. And it can't be that she died of COVID because COVID's not real at Great American Family. The Christmas so, Waltz was a, uh, also a song by Frank, Frank Sinatra. Interesting. The prior love interest was on like Malaysian Flight 99 or something and sank into the sea. So now not only are they doing romantic dancing, but he's healing from the loss of his first love. Thanks to novice dance student. uh, What's her name? Kelly Flock of Seagulls. (laughs) Waka Flock of Flame. Christmas Waltz. (laughs) Christmas movie. Dude. Dude, anything that, this, that gets... I, for this being okay, dude, what the fuck? For this being quote unquote the highest quote unquote highest rated Christmas rom com of 2020, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. What is that based on? Christmas Waltz. There's a Mad Men episode. It's the tenth episode of Fifth. That's it, dude. This. It, it's not a good movie. If uh, when whack. you search it, it just brings you to searches uh, on Wikipedia, and it breaks it down by film and TV, which is just Christmas Waltz, the Mad Men season five episode. No, here or, I got it. Uh, what? I found it. I typed in here. Maybe it was what you searched because I typed in a Christmas Waltz movie. Maybe you just didn't think to word it that way. I guess uh, I said the Christmas Waltz movie. I guess he needed a different article. Okay, uh, let's see. On Wikipedia, dude? You found it on Wikipedia. No, it's on IMDb. Yeah, IMDb. Of course it's on IMDb, but that's not going to give us enough. I was Well, I, I want to see what Wikipedia. the synopsis is. All right, all right, all right. Okay, it says, Avery, a Manhattan contract lawyer, has long dreamed of a fantasy Christmas wedding, something that her fiancé, David, has obliged despite their respective extremely busy work schedules. She also dreams of having an elegant first dance, ballroom which neither her or David know how to do. 
uh, as such, especially as she is the type of person that who needs to do things well or not do them at all. This is a lot of preamble. That's she wants to of- sign them up for a couple of waltz <laughs> lessons. When with just over three weeks until the wedding, David makes a unilateral decision that she sees as that she sees as placing his career over her. Avery responds by breaking up with him. Remembering back to her childhood when she did take a few dance classes with she with she further reminded by her parent. Dude, this is so this is like whoever whoever wrote this synopsis didn't pass their like uh no M herps or whatever it was. Their their entry level publicist uh, entry level uh, social media manager wrote this. Remembering back to her childhood when she did take a few dance classes with she further reminded by her parents that they pulled her from those classes and focusing on other activities at which she had greater aptitude. Avery ultimately, this is all one sentence. Avery ultimately (laughs) decided to keep the 10 waltz lessons up for which she signed her and David. She now going in solo under the tutelage of the, I'm still on the same sentence. The the tutelage of the dance school's owner, Roman. Good God, that was the longest (laughs) sentence in history. (laughs) Dude, actually, some of the problems for my MTELs were it would give you like a big paragraph and one of the questions would be like, which sentence could be, should be revised for clarity. And holy that fuck. That That's one. the one. I would underline it, but I don't know if I have enough ink That's in my pen. Unbelievable. <laughs> so wait, so my question is, is Matthew Morrison the the guy who oh, let's see. sucks at dancing? Because Matthew Morrison is the professional in a Paris Christmas waltz, and Jen Lilly is the novice. So Matthew Morrison is wooing Jen Lilly. No, this is Jeremy Gil- Gilbot is uh, so David. It's a her sequel fiance. in the sense that it's a sequel in the sense that they took the original name of the movie, rehashed the entire plot, but set it in Paris and just put the word Paris in the title. Yeah, okay. they do dance. That's, cool. That's the connecting point. Fuck, Will Kemp man, is that's Roman, trash. and he's a he's kind of a rough looking uh, fella. He's got kind of a shabbiness about him. But he's good at ballroom, apparently. Okay. uh, Despite the disaster of her first lesson leading to thoughts of quitting, she, with Roman's help, perseveres in part due to the two of them being tied together in a personal sense out of circumstance. In the process, the two make a human connection as Avery flourishes as a waltzer and changes as a person. As a romance between the two seems a plausibility, that possibility is threatened as David re-enters her life, asking for her forgiveness in wanting their marriage plans to get back on track. Wow, that was tough. That was a tough read. So he makes a move that she feels is putting his career above her. So she breaks up with him at the last second, three weeks before their wedding, and decides to keep doing the ballroom dancing lessons in spite of the fact that they broke it off. And then she she steady ballroom grinds on Roman, and they get that the their two crotches together make sparks. 
makes sparks and David smells the smoke. He's like, uh-uh. Well, this that was, was tiresome. Uh, dude, this is a lot. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm actually <laughs> screenshot because I don't want to run into the problem again where we, uh, uh, I can't look at this article because I already looked at too many. Uh, well, or looked at pull them Christian up the next time. headlines.com next time. So I've already started uh, screenshotting them. So that way oh, I'll be good. Next time we can check on a, on how many of my 100 texts a month I got from uh, Great American yeah. Family. <laughs> Dude, let, I can't wait to see how many texts you've gotten. I, uh, I, I'm making a commitment right now to not unsubscribe until we record again. And then I'm perfect. sure I will be ready. Well, I'm interested to see their, I mean, they're clearly committed to pumping out lots of garbage in a short period of time. So I hope that translates into text messages as well. Yep. I think it probably will. Well, well, that was fun, fella. Good talking to you. Yeah, this was nice. It feels nice to be reunited again. It does. Feels like the first time. Oh, uh, another thing that happened this week is I did karaoke for the first time. Jesus, you're brave. Yeah. I sang a Toby Keith song. Hell yeah. The only song, the only karaoke I, I will ever do when I finally commit to doing it is uh, something by Creed. I have this uh, real in- serious intent on doing Creed karaoke at some point. Uh, I'd like to do a duo with my buddy Jesse uh, if I could. I, that would take some of the fear away. Uh, I think a real Creed karaoke duo would just fucking rule. So that's that's what will get me into it at the right time with the right audience, with the right friend. Uh, but respect, man. I would. I, uh, that's scary, dude. Getting up there and belting out them tunes. Scary shit. Especially it was very nerve-wracking. I think I can do butt rock better than I could do anything else. Uh, and that's why I have a commitment to that, but really hitting. Any I think other that note, would go other than yarling. Yarling is probably all I can do. Uh, I don't think I could hit any other notes effectively. So uh, <laughs> other butt rock, I could probably rock a puddle of mud song. There's a video of me on the internet somewhere uh, yelling. You could, can you take it all away? Whatever. I forget. What's that puddle of mud song? Take it all away. Yeah. That yeah. one. Yeah. There's a video of me that exists on the internet somewhere. Seeing that one real loud. So I don't know. Uh, just that bullshit era rock. I could, that's, that's where, that's my lane for my entry into karaoke. But I think that would go over well. That was in the mm. cut for what was popular when uh, people picked them. Yeah. What yeah. does not work is R&B because nobody can sing R&B. No, you have to actually be a good singer. Like karaoke is all about picking the right song for being a bad singer. Uh, that's karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Well, uh, if you like the show, leave us a review wherever you listen to it. It's very helpful and it helps us uh, creep up the charts and we like creeping. And if you want to... Get in on the conversation. If you got stories you want to tell, if you got links you want to send us, if you just want to rant without names about uh, your family members who think that Russia is destroying 
bioweapons plants and they're actually, you know, the good guy in the Ukraine war, you can join our discord and you can tell those stories there and they stay there and nobody knows that, uh, you know, your, your uncle thinks the earth is flat. Uh, (laughs) Link to that in our Instagram uh, profile, we got our link tree up there. So come on in and uh, yeah. Until the water's next time. fine. <laughs> Lots of leeches, but we're good at sucking those off. We'll, we'll, or you I'm pull them off. To. You pull them <laughs> off and then you suck the blood out. What do you do with leeches? I don't know. You put them on your wound and they eat the dead skin. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Lots of, there's a lot of uses for leeches. leeches. Uh, anyway. I'm more of a tiny fish, guys, we've established. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. 